0: Welcome to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings, Financial Advisor at RBC Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help busy, high-achieving women overcome the financial stresses that can impact your health, wealth, and happiness. Join Erica as she explores ways you can create a healthy balance of financial wellness and replace limiting beliefs and bad habits to harmonize your journey toward total emotional and financial wellness. Let's get started. Life as a realtor seems exciting, but the stress, ah, the stress, can that be managed? Well, this time around, your host Erica Cummings talks with Michelle Corsi, who's been in the business full-time for more than 15 years. Now, Erica, selling or buying a house once or twice in your own home-owning years, that's stressful enough. So how does Michelle deal with all of this in her profession?
1: Thank you, Patrice, and welcome, everyone. I especially want to thank Michelle so much for doing this with us today. Real estate has definitely been one of the hottest topics over the past year and a half. Everybody has a story to tell about a house in their neighborhood that is selling for way over asking or a friend who's been outbid dozens of times. It's an emotional roller coaster, so we're really excited to not only hear Michelle's advice about navigating the markets today, but more importantly, what it's really like to be a woman in real estate. So everyone listening, we are a strong woman for strong women. Michelle, can you give us a little background, a backstory about what brought you into the real estate industry? Sure,
2: absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do this. I want to admit it's a little bit outside my comfort zone, but thanks for poking me and helping me um, do something a little different. So background-wise, as you said, I've been doing this full-time a little over 15 years. I started when I was 24 years old. So um, I was the minority at that point, being so young. I did not own my own home. Um, It was difficult to kind of get new clients. They were like, well, should I trust you? You're so young. You know, one client asked me, you know, can we have a drink together? Are you even legal? <laughs> and I said, yes. So um, just a little background. I do work for Howard Hanna Real Estate Services. I'm a managing partner of the Steve Robel team. Um, we it, we have a team of six licensed agents and one administrative staff support. And I don't want to even say support. She's our team mom. She's our leader. She's amazing, Um, but I do this full-time, and I started before I had a husband and before I had kids, and it's really kind of progressed into something that I didn't expect it to. But it's it's been nice. It's been a long journey. Um, and I'm excited to see where the future goes. That's awesome.
1: I have to say, I can relate to your story. I started in the business when I was in my early 20s as well. And here I am talking to people about their entire financial life. And same thing. They're looking at me like, when did you graduate from college? <laughs> It was quite an obstacle to overcome, especially as a woman. I mean, in my industry, we still are very much the minority. So there were only maybe 15 to 20% of advisors are female, but the real estate industry is kind of the opposite. And I know you and I have talked about this and it was quite shocking to me that you think, okay, real estate was great for women because of flexible schedules and the ability to create your own hours. But uh, you you say that's a little bit different than what we may perceive it.
2: It is. Yeah. People have this idea of, I'm going to you know jump into real estate. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to try it part-time. It looks like so much fun. The, the one thing I hear the most is, oh, your schedule must be so flexible. Well, uh, That could not be <laughs> farther from the truth. Um, I'm not going to compare myself to a doctor, but I am on call 24-7. I get texts at 6 a.m., 11 p.m., people emailing, people calling. I mean, to them, this is the one of the top stressors in their life and one of the biggest experiences they're going to go through is buying and selling. And I like to say it's right up there with, you know, death and divorce and is, is a top three stressor um, and biggest, you know, experience that you go through in life. So it is not flexible. I've had to leave family parties and go show houses. I've had to, you know, my husband was kind of laughing at me because I was sending texts and emails while I was in labor in the hospital. I mean, it does not shut off whatsoever, oh especially if you get to a level where you're busy enough. So it's... It, you can't really do it part time. If you do it, you're not going to be at the level of success where you should, where you're getting enough experience. So it really is, you have to dive in head first and just go with it. And a lot of women don't have that opportunity to just dive in and give up their two week, you know, every two week paycheck or their health benefits, or, you know, leave the kids with care um, because you have to go show a house in 30 minutes. So it's difficult for, for women and for moms. Um, but I,
1: Well, and to your point, the the fact that it, it basically your whole life probably ebbs and flows. So right now it's crazy and you probably (laughs) everywhere you look, there's somebody who wants to buy or sell and then who knows what's going to happen in a few years. And so that, that, that ability to be able to constantly rely on, on kind of permanency doesn't exist. So. When you look back, I mean, 15 years is a long time. Do you have any advice for the women listening out there? We'll get into the actual you know, transaction itself and, and the emotional process of buying and selling. But if there are women out there who are considering working in real estate or in a type of job like this, is there any advice or things that you would do differently after all these years?
2: Well, some advice. I mean, I would say don't. If this is your passion and your dream, don't not do it because of the, you know the the non flexibility. I started on my own as a young you know female right out of college. I I never had any other job. I was waiting tables. I don't think I've ever made a resume or had an interview. This is the only thing I've ever done. So I don't even know if I'm qualified to do anything else. Um, but when you're young and you're starting, you're even you know older and new join a team is my biggest piece of advice. So I um, started as a buyer's agent with my business partner, Steve Roble 15 years ago. And you know he helped me. He mentored me. He helped me grow and build my business and then eventually move into a partnership with him where now we have buyer's agents underneath us. And uh, as a new buyer's agent, you really need that structure and that support and you know teaching of the systems and getting new clients from a team. It's so helpful. So if you are thinking about you know, get into real estate. Find a mentor. Find a team. Find someone who's going to invest in you, and you know that's the biggest benefit I could recommend.
1: I love that advice because that's something that as women we really need to do for each other in general. So we need to help elevate each other. And what would you suggest? Because I I love talking about this because we all have our awesome stories about how we manage to raise our kids and make it to every appointment. And now's that time of the year for those of us that are in, in kind of the Northeast school doesn't start for a few more weeks. We're in September and this is that crazy time. And then your kids are younger. So you're dealing with daycare and making sure that they're, you know, they're taken care of all day. So, you know, how do you do it?
2: Um, that's a good question. And I leaned a lot as I became a new mom, I leaned a lot on some of those um, experienced realtors who are also moms. I just would poke everybody for advice. You know, we'd talk about, hey, can I set up a showing? By the way, how do you do it? And they would come back to me with these stories. And, you know, I kind of they would tell me their mistakes and things they did wrong. And I tried really hard to not repeat those mistakes in my life. I mean, when I when I first started, work was my life. And everyone would ask, What are you doing today? Oh, working. And people would stop inviting me to things. (laughs) We'd be like, Oh, Shelly's working. But as I moved into, you know, you work really, really hard those first five to seven years. And then that hard work pays off and you start to get referrals and you start to have your systems in place where you're not spinning your wheels as much, and your income is greater. For I don't want to say less work, but you just work smarter instead of harder. So as I became a mom, um, and you know my life progressed, I really was at that point in my career where I was able to um, delegate. So we have this team, we have the buyers agent. I I had to learn to ask for help, and that wasn't my personality. To ask that is for help. so hard <laughs> for us. I know it's really hard for women. So I asked for help. My team really stepped up. They do a lot for me. And I would say there's there's probably some business that I had lost because I wanted to spend time with my family. the the hours from five to eight thirty those are my family hours. I try really really hard to unplug. I try not to answer calls unless one of my properties is on fire. You know it can wait until after eight o'clock when my kids go to bed. So um, I've really learned to to make those like my family hours. And my team knows like those are my family hours. If they send me a message, I might not get back to them until after that. So that's been really helpful. The other thing in regards to getting help, um, I hired a cleaning lady. It's been the biggest
1: <laughs> benefit. Amazing, isn't it? Oh my I gosh!
2: Oh, you could relate. You just so much stress taken off. And then the final thing, I just not everybody has this in their life, but my husband is an absolute rock star. There's so many days where he does more dishes, more laundry, more errands, more caring for the kids because I have a crazy day or week, and he really steps up, and it's been a huge, huge help
1: one of the other things we talked about and i love this is because i think this is so important for us as women is is the idea of giving up perfection too. you know like we we i love sharing stories with other working moms and with other women in general about all the mistakes we make it makes me feel so much better and we give up on on having to be the perfect mom or you know making it to the gym every day i mean things are just going to be hard for a while and you have to prioritize
2: right yeah i mean you and i have a mutual friend in the neighborhood who taught me the best lesson ever is like your kids can eat cereal for dinner and that's fine. And you don't have to make a three-course meal and they're going to love it, you know, and you're going to be a, a great mom for it. And you just have to give up that idea of perfect mom and perfect body and perfect house and perfect, you know, little life. And everyone has their their quirks and their mistakes that they're going to make. And your kids are going to grow up fine. They're going to, if they feel love. It doesn't matter if you made a three course meal or if they ate cereal. So sometimes it's just easier to do it that way. And as a woman, don't be afraid. And, you know, I I scream it from the rooftops. My kids eat cereal
1: twice a week for dinner. Exactly. (laughs) And they probably love it. They do. They
2: love it. And they're buzz.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And oh, by the way, that's the easiest thing for them to learn how to pour for themselves, too. Right. Yeah.
2: Be a little independent (laughs) next time you make your own things.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So let's transition because I know that, um, you know, anybody who's been, paying attention for the past 18 months knows that the real estate market is on fire and in places that really we we haven't seen before and i'm sure there's a ton of reasons i've talked about it before that you know obviously covid played a role in all of this and there are some things that we would have considered to be maybe less permanent that i think are going to stay for a little bit longer people wanting to work from home things like that um, when we talked we talked about the emotional part of this process and it is. I mean, it's one of the biggest purchases that anybody will make in their lifetime. And I can't imagine what it must be like right now in this market, having people be let down. And so tell me about you know the process and kind of how you deal with People's hearts being broken.
0: Yeah, that's the
2: toughest part. I mean, I think that one of the benefits I bring to this profession is that I do have a bachelor's in psychology. So I'm able to navigate people's emotions and really kind of hold their hand and walk them through the process. And I think women in general tend to be a little better at that. You know, I'm not in it to make a sale, I'm in it to get to know your family help you meet your goals. And there's going to be some bumps along the way. And I bring them back to reality and say, okay, like, you know, everybody's fine. No one died. <laughs> this right, You, know, you right. will find another house. And even if they lose one and, you know, nine times out of 10, it, it comes down to everything happens for a reason. And the houses they lost, they lost for a reason. And then they find the dream house and they get that one. So yeah, there's definitely bumps along the road. I've had so many conversations with tearful families and, I've cried along with them and hugs and I don't, I think working with a woman, you, you get a little bit more of that than you would from a male. It's more, I don't want to put everybody in the same group, but it's more transactional, I would say for a man and these families, some of them have become lifelong friends and I still, you know, keep in touch with them.
1: It is such an awesome extra benefit that you don't even realize you're going to get when you, when you end up working in these types of careers, because it's making dreams come true and it is, it is, um, you know, kind of managing expectations. And to your point about women who I loved this, who's the decision maker.
2: I mean, I would say 99% of the time it is the female is the decision maker. I mean, she may not even have any touch on the money, but she makes the decisions. I mean, I've had multiple Family or you know buyers buy houses, and you know if the if the husband comes to see it on his own, the wife definitely has to come see. But if the wife sees it on her own, usually the husband's like, okay, if she likes it, we can make the offer. <laughs> so I would say, you know, the you know even if the husband really 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 likes it, and the woman's nodding along as we're in the house later, I get the call. Now we're gonna pass.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's definitely. Um. It's one of those situations where you are, I mean, if you think about how much time we spend in our homes and you think about all the memories that are made and nobody has the perfect home. We always, even those of us that have built a house, we can look back and say, well, we would have done this differently or we would have done that differently. But when I was thinking and preparing for us talking today, I just really thought our home is our sanctuary it is the place that we want to feel the most safe. It's the place that we want to have our memories with our children. And it is, it's really critical when we think about that decision. And I mean, we always have expectations. And I talk about this with my clients all the time. I talk about the ideal versus the um, acceptable retirement. So when we sit down, we talk about what's the ideal retirement. And obviously that's for some people tomorrow and it's spending as much money as they can and it's saving as little as possible. And then we talk about what's acceptable. What are they willing to kind of um, negotiate with or change if the numbers don't exactly work out? So what do you find in just normal, set aside this market now, but normally expectations versus reality when you meet with, with clients for the first time?
2: That's a great question, and especially first-time homebuyers, the expectations versus reality. We have a little running joke in real estate where we say "champagne taste on a beer budget." <laughs> you know, they see, they see these beautiful houses online, and they see the price, they're like, "I want that!" Let's like, like let's go look at that. And I go, guys it's just not in your budget. You know, It, you don't want to, you know, spread yourself thin and not have money for retirement or to plan for the future or, you know, to get a new car when you need it. So yeah, definitely the expectation versus reality. We have to, I like to show people the homes in the lower price points first. And then if they can't find anything they like, you know, move up a little bit because once you show the most expensive house at the top of their budget, they come with a certain level of amenities and features, and then it's hard to go backwards. So I don't want to put somebody in a, a position, like you said, like expectations versus reality, where they're they think, okay, well, I love this house for two hundred thousand, but I actually can only afford one fifty. Well, those aren't the they're not on the same plane. You know? No, no, and, and and this happens in every major decision we make. If I have
1: this discussion with my clients who are. Planning for their kids' education. And, you know, our kids are, it's just a huge emotional tug on our heartstrings when we want them to get the best education and go to the best schools. But it also comes down to affordability. You don't want to compromise your future in order to send your child to the best schools. And so I think it does become a conversation about what makes sense across the board. And I'm sure that when you're talking with clients, it's the same thing that. It's really hard to go from seeing the top model car to seeing the budget car and then saying, oh yeah, I'll be okay with that. So I always tell my clients. They both yeah. get you
2: from point A to exactly. point B, you know, yeah. you still, you, you have all the basics, the power window, yep. you know, yep. so, and that's the thing, like we all want, it's, it's human nature. And especially for women, I think we have a little bit of this, you know, internal um, struggle, like we want to be like X, Y, Z, or, you know, friends or, you know, oh, that person has it all. Well, you'll get there, right? But you have to start small. And I know you recommend this too. Like, you you know, you're not going to build your retirement portfolio in a day. You have to start small and it it builds on itself. So same thing with housing. You have to get a start at home before you can get that forever home. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So before we move over to the current environment, because I'm sure everybody listening wants to hear your professional take on what's been going on, any crazy stories cuz i cannot imagine over 15 years how many times you've walked into homes and seen different things and worked with different families any any crazy stories you want to share for
2: a laugh <laughs> so kind of just going back to that oh i want to get into real estate people always say you know it's because you look at beautiful houses all day well yeah sometimes <laughs> but that is not the bulk of my job i mean I just some quick examples. I mean, I've, I've walked into houses and, you know, people said, okay, it's ready to be shown. Well, there's dirty dishes, your beds unmade, there's underwear on the floor. And I guess who's cleaning it up. <laughs> it's me. And, no. <laughs> you know, I've picked weeds. I painted people's front door because, you know, you, you want to help them. And that's, I think the women in us is you want the best for that family. So if they're struggling with, Two dogs and getting three kids out of the house, like I'm happy to do it. But um, it's not as glamorous as yeah. people think. <laughs> and there's some houses where you know, I walked in, walked down to the basement and my foot went in six inches of water. <gasps> or, you know, you go to a house and there's a rat the size of a cat like running past you. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Old, you know, that that's flowing in the wind. It's so bad. So you you have to take the good with the bad. And yes, we see a lot of beautiful houses, but we also see the other side. Um, and yeah, you have to be willing to deal with all of that.
1: I, I, You know, that's pretty amazing that you'll paint a door. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, I'm happy to do it for people. I yeah. really don't mind. I enjoy painting. But one <laughs> other thing I want to get back to the expectations versus reality. I yeah. know a lot of people um, watch HGTV. It's a very popular, great channel. It's good to, you know, you get a pint of ice cream and you're in front of HGTV and you think, oh, I could do that to my house or I want that. So that has changed our market in real estate since HGTV has become really popular because yeah, it's, there's been such a shift of people used to want to do projects on their own. Now, no one wants to do work. I mean, you walk into these houses and I can hear when buyers talk to me, I'm like, I've heard that on the show. They say, well, I don't like that paint color. I don't like this. Like guys, that can be. Oh, that's easily. Yeah. Yeah. But the expectation is like, you want to walk into these homes and it has to be perfect. And, you know, a house with shiplap anywhere sells for like five to $10,000 more just because it has shiplap on one wall. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to, you know, there's a spoiler alert. HGTV is those shows are scripted. So one of my listings was on house hunters and the, the buyer had bought the listing closed hadn't moved in yet and then they filmed the show so they already knew the house they were gonna pick because they owned it and then they went around and looked at the two other homes filmed the show and then miraculously they picked the house that they owned so it's it's entertainment and it's not real and people have this feeling of like well you know if I if I'm qualified for 200 I buy a house for 150 and then I have fifty thousand dollars extra well that's not how it works, but that's how the show makes it seem.
1: Right. Right. Wow. That's really interesting because I, you know, obviously we know that most of what we watch on TV is not a hundred percent reality, but you definitely feel like you're pulling some, some good advice. And I think that just goes to show that having a professional to be able to ground you is i couldn't even imagine going through this process without having somebody like you that's able to to help because there's just so many things that could go wrong if you if you make the bad decisions that that are driven by emotion and driven yeah, by by behavior true. yeah yeah so perfect segue to emotions right now is the current environment and you know we live in we are up here in Rochester, New York, and I think we both can agree this has never been a, a really crazy hot real estate market. We consistently grow every year, and it's a really wonderful place to raise a family. Housing prices are not outrageous, um, but this real estate market has affected even here. It's everywhere. So, talk about the current environment. Talk about what the trends are, and you know, maybe why why are we even in this? That that perhaps we don't we don't really know.
2: So, in my experience, I mean, I started right during the first crash. There was, <laughs> it was 2007, eight. Um, it was tough, right? And a lot of people got into trouble with mortgages. Banks were lending, you know, ridiculous amounts of money to people. They weren't even verifying their job that they had a job. They were just saying, "Oh, you have a good credit score. Here's 100, you know, of the of the purchase price and um, the amount of a loan." So people always ask me, um, "Is there going to be another crash?" And you know, in my experience and based on what I've seen and what I've been hearing, I don't think so. That's my opinion, but I don't think there's going to be another crash. I think Rochester in our little um, segment the market, we were overdue for a correction. So even during the last crash, you know, there was places like Vegas, um, Florida, you know, California that they, you know, lost half the value of the homes. We maybe went down three to 5%. So it wasn't crushing for some families. It was and I'm not going to downplay that, but our market was due for a correction. And I think, you know, the price levels that we've been growing is overdue. I don't, you know, I have buyers, and families who say, well, I'm going to sit out this next year and get into the market next year when things calm down. I, in my opinion, I don't foresee that happening. I think that we climbed this mountain quickly since COVID and we're going to steady at the top. So um, people who sat on the sideline last year, because they thought pricing was too high, if they had bought last year would have gotten a good deal compared to this year. And that might happen again next year. So we're still in the climate of multiple offers. I mean, it's it's not unrealistic for one of my listings to get 10 to fifteen offers. My record this past year selling a house 150,000 over the asking price on one of them.
1: Oh my gosh. Sites.
2: And these aren't million dollar houses. This was listed at 300 and sold for 450. Oh my gosh. Um, current trends, we're seeing a lot of cash offers. We're seeing people who I didn't know there was this. I mean, you probably could attest There's there's so much wealth in places that we didn't know that people are coming out of the woodwork with these cash offers from retirement from investment portfolios from home equity lines of credit you know first time home buyers parents are lending them the money from a home equity you know in order and then they'll refinance after so most homes in the spring of this past year were selling for cash that was the strongest offer
1: oh i would imagine yeah i mean that's that's a lot of what allows you to kind of go to the top of the list is that there's virtually no wait time for the seller and you are able to have very little contingencies. Are you you seeing that where people are giving up kind of the security of inspections and things that we would normally go through?
2: Yes, absolutely. It is a little bit scary. I mean, myself and my team, we have strategies in place to help buyers secure a property, but also make them feel comfortable because that's my main goal is not just for you to pay this crazy amount of money for a house just so you can secure it, but I want to make sure that they're comfortable. So if you, you know, feel like in this competitive market we need to waive our home inspection because nine other offers are waiving their home inspection, maybe we bring a home inspector in for a half hour quick walkthrough with us at a, at a showing. Of course, we have to get the sellers' permission for that, but that's one strategy that you know myself and my team employ so that at least you know they feel a little bit comfortable at the major things. Aren't an issue. I mean, you're always going to have a leaky faucet and stuff like that. Um, so we use that strategy. We have escalation clauses that we input into our offers so that you're not, you know, just coming out of the, the air with a crazy high price. We say, okay, you're going to pay, you know, two thousand or three thousand dollars higher than the next highest offer. So you're not leaving a ton of money on the table. So my team and I are really great at, you know, guiding each individual client to their goal, and they. May lose a couple houses before they get one. They may get lucky and get the first one that they wrote an offer on, but it's definitely not easy. So I think that uh, myself, and my team being handholders, makes people feel more comfortable with this stressful process.
1: Sure. sure. and and when you are, if you think about how things have changed over the years. And my industry is the same way where, you know, there's alternatives online and there's apps and there's all kinds. I mean, nowadays there's an app or there's a program or there's a website that can basically do everything for you. I'm sure that you have dealt with this along the way where, um, you know, not to talk specifically about any names, but in, in general uh, you know, people, of course, I'm assuming think they can do this themselves. Right. think <laughs> Like I said, I couldn't even imagine, especially in this environment.
2: And that's that's a really good point. I think people they can do it themselves, certainly, just like they could do their own, you know, investing online and stuff like that. But you don't know what you don't know. So if there's a problem, I love that's my favorite <laughs> phrase, Michelle. Just <laughs> so you the, know, I use that
1: over and over again in any on any podcast. <laughs> yep.
2: If if there's a problem, that's when you need a professional. But if you do it on your own and there's a problem, it's already too late. You know, you're in in over your head. And in my opinion, right now, realtors, we have never been more valuable, especially on the listing side. So I have a story about, you know, um, a woman, she wanted to sell her house to a friend of a friend for $285,000. She thought that was a great price for her. She loved it. She said, Michelle, you're a friend of mine, but I, you know, you're expensive. And I get that. I don't want to pay commissions. And I said, okay. Here's the thing. If I can get you a price that's going to cover my commissions and make you more money, would you hire me? And she said, Absolutely. Well, she was perfectly happy selling her house for $285. I got her $340,000 for her house. Wow. So not only was the commission paid, she walked away with $30,000 more. So that's not a unique scenario. That's happening all across the board because we get the, the biggest amount of exposure to the whole market and create these bidding wars, which raise the price. So, and on the buy side, I mean, having somebody in your corner who has all these tips and tricks and ideas to get your offer accepted over these other nine offers, um, you know, we're really successful in that. So, yeah, it's
1: a, it's a huge, and that's like you said, that person would have never known that 340 was even an option.
2: Right. And they would, and that's the thing, they would have been perfectly fine with 285, but what $30,000 is a lot of money. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs>
1: So what advice would you give to people right now who are just... In the thick of it, and they've bid on ten houses, and I'm sure things are getting a little easier now that school is starting. Uh, but you know, what what kind of advice would you say for people who are out there just saying, "When am I going to get my dream home?"
2: Right. So I would say those people are probably already working with an agent if they're you know under contract and they're or losing houses and stuff like that. So if you're thinking about getting into this market, you just have to have patience. Don't sit on the sidelines and wait for the market to crash, quote unquote in my opinion i don't think that's going to happen so if you wait another 2 3 years and the prices are now 10% higher than they were this year you know you're going to be in a worse scenario people say oh i'll you know wait and save more money well what if interest rates go up which they might right they're not going to stay this low forever so with that being said you know be patient hire a professional Every- interview several realtors you know i'm happy to help if anybody listening to this wants you know professional advice i give you know free advice no obligation of course and when you're on the buy side that agent is free to you so why not have a professional in your corner working for you helping you get the house helping you make a competitive offer and you're you know 9 times out of 10 the seller is paying the commission so you have a professional that's free to you so utilize it don't go at go at it on your own because there, I could go for an hour about stories of bad scenarios.
1: Oh, I bet I'm sure we could talk all day about it. I mean, this has just been—I mean, a little bit of advice, or I shouldn't say advice, a little bit of um, backstory on us. We live in the same neighborhood, and that is like we just look and we see houses, and we are in shock at to at, first of all how quickly they go. So it's showings on Fridays and you know, bids are taken Monday and then they're done by Tuesday. And as we're looking and we're seeing what these houses are going for, it's, it's astonishing. I can't imagine navigating this on, on my own or on your own. So I love that. Any other parting advice you want to give or anything that we didn't get to cover today? We could talk forever, but I just want to make sure that if there's any, anything else we need to know.
2: No, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Like, again, this was outside of my comfort zone, but it was I easy. I love it. You did it great. Easy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, if anybody in the local Rochester, Candegua Victor, Farmington area has any questions for me, I'm happy to chat with anybody. You can reach me at 585-749-1043. You can Google Michelle Corsi, C-O-R-S-I, or you can visit our team's website at com. Thanks,
1: Michelle. This has been awesome. Such a timely, timely topic. And I'm sure we'll get together again in the future when we get to next year and see where things are at. <laughs> yes, We'll have an update. <laughs> yes, next exactly. Year. Well, thank you all the strong women for listening. Uh, you can also find me as usual at uh, our website, harmonyfinancialwellness.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Erica Cummings also on Facebook we have our team Facebook page and you can always email me at erica.cummings@rbc.com. At Thank you everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to a strong woman for strong women with Erica Cummings. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest, as of the date of this recording, is subject to change without notice and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or another qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investments should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional service provider.